Welcome back to episode two of Class on Grass with me, Mac Brown. And me, Leo Larson. Uh, Premier League is back, uh, and that's what we'll mainly focus on today. But yeah. first, we'll do the recap of all the leagues. On Tuesday, the day after the last recording, La Liga had some games. Hetafe played Espanyol in a draw 0-0. Villarreal beat RCD Mallorca 1-0 and FC Barcelona beat Leganes 2-0. That same day, the Bundesliga played, and München Gladbach beat Wolfsburg 3-0. Werder Bremen lost to Bayern München 1-0. Freiburg beat Hertha 2-1. And Union Berlin beat Paderborn 1-0. Moving on to Wednesday, the Premier League started up. Aston Villa drew to Sheffield United 0-0, and Manchester City beat Arsenal 3-0. On that same day in La Liga... Ibar tied Atletico Bilbao 2-2, Valladolid tied Celte de Vigo 0-0, and Osasuna got destroyed by Atletico Madrid 5-0. On Wednesday again, the Bundesliga played, and Eintracht Frankfurt beat Schalke 2-1. Borussia Dortmund lost to Mainz 2-0. Leipzig tied Fortuna Dusseldorf 2-2. Leverkusen beat Köln 3-1, and Hoffenheim beat Augsburg 3-1. On Wednesday as well, the Copa Italia final took place, very big game, where Napoli triumphed over Juventus 0-0, but Napoli won on penalties. This was Napoli's sixth Copa Italia win in a row, six Copa Italia finals, um, and as well as that, it was Ronaldo's first time losing back-to-back finals, so history was made on both sides. On Thursday in La Liga, Deportivo Alaves beat Sociedad 2-0, and Real Madrid beat Valencia 3-0. And then on Friday, we had some more Premier League. Norwich lost to Southampton 3-0, up the Saints. (laughs) (laughs) Tottenham and Manchester United tied 1-1. In La Liga, Granada lost to Villarreal 1-0. Mallorca tied Leganes 1-1, and Sevilla and Barcelona tied 0-0. Now that actually makes it so that the title race is almost over in La Liga. Really? Which is, yeah. Um, Barcelona losing that game are now, I think, six points behind Real Madrid with a few games remaining. I thought Barca were. No. Ahead. Real Madrid were. Oh. Yeah. It's pretty insane. Um, Barca fans furious about that. Mm. Uh, Saturday, more Premier League, obviously. Watford tied Leicester 1 1 in a thriller with two goals in the 90th minute. Kind of reminds you of uh, a few years ago in the championship playoff semifinal. You heard it in the intro. Um, and then Brighton beat Arsenal 2-1. What a game that was. Wolves we'll talk beat... about that later. Yeah, we'll be talking about that one later. Wolves beat West Ham 2-0. And Crystal Palace beat Bournemouth 2-0. Over in Spain, again, Levante beat Espanyol 3-1. Atletico Bilbao beat Batiste 1-0. Hetafe and Ibar tied 1-1. And Madrid with another win. Atletico Madrid beating Valladolid 1-0. And... That's very good for Atletico Madrid because, as we discussed last podcast, they were in sixth place. They need to pick up their game. They need to win a few games if they want to get Champions League again so that you know they can stay on the pedestal that they deserve. 
Moving on to Sunday, the Premier League was on as well as La Liga and Serie A. In the Premier League, we had Newcastle United triumphing over Sheffield United 3-0, which is very interesting because Sheffield have not come back very well after the restart. Chelsea beat Aston Villa 2-1, and Everton-Liverpool in the Merseyside Derby tied 0-0. Over in Spain, Celta de Vigo beat Deporte Alaves a whopping 6-0. Valencia beat Osasuna 2-0, and Real Madrid beat Sociedad 2-1. Madrid, Real Madrid winning again, just keep it on up in the points. Over in Syria, Atalanta beat Sassuolo 4-1, and Inter beat Sampdoria 2-1. There is your roundup of the week so far. Today, Manchester City play Burnley. Can't wait to see how that one goes. We'll tell you about that next week. But yeah, there's a good roundup. Um, Moving on, we did get a a podcast message from a fan. Wonderful. Um, The fan's name is Doc Ock. Interesting choice, but um, (laughs) that's what they put in. And uh, we'll play that for you real quick, and then we're going to answer your question, Doc Ock. Hey guys, I just want to thank thank you guys for an awesome podcast. Uh, great first podcast. Uh, I believe that this is going to be something that I follow every week. Hope you guys can keep it up to keep everybody in the loop. It's hard to follow all these different leagues and games, and you guys do an awesome job summarizing up-and-coming players, players not meeting their potential. I just want to say I really appreciate the comment about uh, some of these teams having players that come from other clubs within the league or even from other leagues, uh, which really kind of make it challenging uh, to kind of maintain the intensity in these derbies. Uh, and I just also made me think, you know, do you, are you guys aware of any teams that are doing a really good job of maintaining their, maintaining their players for a long period of time or maintaining their players from their own academies or even their own regions? Because I don't know if that's something that happens really in this day and age. So uh, thanks for uh, putting on the podcast, listening to my question, and answering it when you guys get a chance. Take care. Uh, thank you, Doc Ock, for that message. Um, anyone feel free to message us uh, any questions they have. It's greatly appreciated. Um, I'd say that responding to that question, I think it definitely um, helps if there is an academy player or many academy players in your squad because um, a lot of those players like go to the club at like really young ages around like nine to ten and then they they're there for like ten more years until they get some actual first team action and i think uh they have that connection there and they probably grew up watching those uh darbies and i think that really helps uh especially um bill bow in la liga has something like 81% of their team is from their academy, which I think, I mean, I for one actually really like that. And I think they, a lot of teams should be doing that because it just helps teams not go so like global and lose connection with their home, like homegrown fans and everything. Well, and Bilbao is still not a bad team at all. They do well in La Liga. They win derbies. They don't, it's not like because they have all these players, it's not like it's going against the point. They still do well. Yeah. And, and they're a good team. Yeah. Um, but I think many teams, especially, um, bigger teams in the world tend to splash their cash on like pretty much the best players in the world. And then they always have maybe one or two academy players on the bench that get probably three minutes a game or three minutes like a month uh which i mean 
that's why a lot of them move on because they see they're not going to get playing time because the teams are focused on winning and not uh, developing players as much. So I think they move on and you see someone like Jaden Sancho, who was in Man City's academy, move to Dortmund because he wasn't getting playing time. And now Man City want him back because he's one of the best players in the world now. Yeah, and they just they didn't have the patience to to keep him and to test him. And another like good way to look at it is Liverpool, best arguably the best team in the world. They have one academy player consistently in their starting eleven as Trent Alexander Arnold. And other than that, it's all players. I don't know. Did Jordan Henderson play in the academy? I don't think so. I, I remember him playing for like Sunderland and yeah. stuff before that. So. so so I mean, everyone on that team has played somewhere else in England or the world, like most of them, to be honest, have played in other other leagues and other nations. Um, and they're not they're also not on the same national team, most of them. So you have people like Trent and he probably has that that drive to do better. And even players James Milner and Jordan Henderson, they came from other clubs. James Milner coming from Man City, Henderson coming from, as Max said, Sunderland. They've been there for a while. They're veterans of that team. So they have the drive because they've been in those derbies. But when you look at players who haven't been at the club for more than a year or two, and you're playing with no fans, you don't have the drive of the fans, and you also don't have the drive of knowing what the fans would be like. So it's hard to push yourself. But that being said, looking at Everton versus Liverpool this weekend, there was a draw, and Everton, Liverpool didn't play well. It should have been, in my opinion, a 2-2 game, 3-2. There was a lot of chances missed, but Everton did play well. They came out of their shell. And Everton have quite a few players on their first team that were in the academy because they're not one of those top dogs, because they have they have the patience to develop players, like Max said. So I think that's a like really big point. You have to have the patience to develop players, and if you don't and you need to just splash cash on big players, I think you're going to take a hit when when you're behind closed doors, which is why you're seeing teams like smaller teams like Everton coming out on top, or maybe you could argue Brighton, uh, when they played, coming out on top over Arsenal. Arsenal's not great right now, but they're by no means a bad team. I, I think they have history behind them. They have good players. All their players came from good areas. They don't have... I don't know a single one in that lineup other than Bukayo Saka and maybe Eddie Nketiah, but he doesn't get much time that is from the academy. I think they actually do have a lot. Oh. Um, like Joe Willick. Oh yeah, that's I true. Think. Rob Holding, I think, is from there, maybe. I don't know. He's I think young. Rob Holding moved away and then back. Okay. Callum Chambers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Saka. Um, Nketiah. Nketiah. But they don't get a ton of time when, they're, no. when their team's fits. Maitland Niles. Maitland Niles came from the academy, yes. They, they have a good, like, young team there, but I think because their form is so bad, they aren't going to trust those players yeah. to do anything, so they want to put in their... Worst players, like, David Luiz is worse right now. David Luiz is horrible. He's worse he's than, like, more experienced. Yeah. And I think it does have to do with form. Like, a relegation battled team, um, I don't think is going to be experimenting with their youth because they don't want to go down and they want to use the players with the most experience. But I think that's why you see Everton... Southampton, um, even. Southampton using their youth um, when they aren't in trouble and they aren't so focused on winning every game. And it's more about developing their club. Yeah, I, I agree. That's a great point. 
So now, obviously, because I'm a Brighton fan, Max is a Southampton fan, we're going to go in-depth about those two games. Um, I'm going to start. The Brighton game was very eventful, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Brighton came out on top against Arsenal 2-1. Uh, Arsenal scored first, um, which was... Pepe. Yeah, Pepe with a good goal on his left foot, cut back, top left, and... I mean, not much you can do about that. He's a great player. Matt but, Ryan's a little short, yeah, though. Yeah, Matt Ryan is <laughs> quite a bit sh- like shorter than most Premier League keepers. He, uh, I don't think if he did anything differently, he could have gotten to that. No. I think if you had a, a Burn Leno, you could get to that. But also, Burn Leno wasn't in the game. Because <laughs> about 20 minutes in, Neil Mape decided to truck him midair. And this sparked a lot of controversy over players. After this happened, um, Neil Mape went over and apologized a bit. Not, It was not a good move at all. Neil Mape should not have done that. You don't think so? You think... I, I mean, no... Well, I see that all the time. Players kind of just bump the goalie and stuff, but... I think I think that because it turned out to be an ACL tear, if you guys didn't know, it, it puts it out of proportion and you feel bad because, I mean, dude just came back from three months off with the restart and now he's gone again mm-hmm. um, for however long, three quarters of a year. And and he pushed him midair and he twisted his knee when he landed. And then he was on, like, it was a terrible sight to see because on the TV you could actually hear him screaming because there was no uh, crowd noise. Mm-hmm. I think they should figure out how to get that fixed. Yeah. <laughs> that was not pretty. But um, when he was getting carried off on a stretcher, he decided to, like, sit up and try to, like, throw fists at Mama, <laughs> which is really weird. But, so there was some controversy over that. A lot of people mad at Mape. Um, but then later in the game, Dunk scores off of quite a sloppy goal. Um, I would say it was a good corner uh, that turned into a goal. Brighton are good off of set pieces. Arsenal are horrible off defending set pieces. Yeah. And it was a good goal. But then the Brighton start to pick up steam there. They're like, okay, maybe we can maybe we can get a point off of this. And interestingly enough, both managers decide to sub out attackers and sub in defenders. So both managers wanted to draw, which was really weird for me to see. Especially from like Arteta, who is managing Arsenal. They should go for the win here. With who they are, um, but then Mape steals the winner in the 92nd minute. Great um, goal! It was it was a really good goal, really good finish. Um, puts it perfectly past whoever the heck was in Martinez goal. or something. Yeah, like that. they said he it was his first game back in like four years. But he didn't even celebrate like cocky or anything. No, he, he didn't. Celebrated and then regularly. he got choked. Yeah, Guendouzi just went all out. Like yeah, he did dive. Um, a- after the kickoff, did you see? Um, he was running past, and Guendouzi kind of just yeah, like yeah, yeah. that, and he mm-hmm. like fell over like he was shot. But exactly, he did then get choked out. Yeah, he got choked by Guendouzi, and that is not okay. So it was a really eventful game. Um, Mac, who predicted last week that Brighton would tie, um, was not far off. I wouldn't actually, me being a Brighton fan, I wouldn't have predicted that we would have even tied. Um, we're usually we come out on top in some weird games, but we're usually pretty bad. Um, but that was a great win, and also it was the first time we've done a league double over anyone in the Premier League ever. What? Yeah. First time ever that Brighton's done a league double. And uh, it's against Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, and it was against Arsenal. How how good can that be? Um, but yeah, an eventful game, and uh, hopefully Brighton can continue form like that. I think, well, I really like Arteta as a manager, and I hope yeah. he develops Arsenal and is not... Uh, doesn't go down the same route as Emery did. 
Uh, but I think I really like him, and I think... Um, I have belief. Yeah, I think he could... I mean, Arsenal were terrible when he got there, and I think he needs a transfer window or two to uh, send out... He like needs defenders. Half, half their team. Just... Like, Pepe, Pepe has proven in League One that he's a good player. He he did really well for Lille. Yeah. Um, obviously, League One, many of you could say, is a farmer's league. It's not that good. <laughs> but he is a great player, and he's shown glimpses of it, like, slightly. Aubameyang's a great player. I don't know how long Aubameyang's going to stay. Same with Lacazette. But, yeah. And, and Gunduzi also... Really good center mid. They have no one good in the back. They signed Kieran Tierney as a defensive solution, who is an offensive fullback. Yeah. Like, they need... Signing David Luiz was a horrible idea. Bert Leno is great. Unfortunately, he won't he, be playing. Yeah, I've, I've been surprised, because in the beginning, he's been... Uh, he wasn't great, I remember, but mm-hmm. this season, I think he's been uh, their best player. Yeah, I, I think... Well, for the restart, yes. he was 100% their best player. Unfortunately... Um, he will be suffering a lot of time away from football. But hopefully when he comes back, he'll come back to full stands buzzing and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Moving on, we had Southampton's game. Um, yeah. So, great 3-0 victory. Uh, this first, like, first half pretty much in general looked like a U12 game. I mean, I didn't see probably more than two passes put together the really whole sloppy. game. It was one of the worst first halves I've ever seen. But saying that, Norwich almost scored in the f- first minute off a set piece. Yeah. And I thought Southampton were just going to start out slow. Uh, but then Danny Ings hits the a crossbar in, at the end of the first half after Jack Stevens, our center back, dribbles all the way up the field uh, like Van Dyke did. Um and well, Van Dyke might have rubbed off a little bit on Jack Stevens. Maybe you never know. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then second half. Well, from what I've seen this season, Danny Ings pretty much every game he uh, has one of those chances that he miss uh, misses, either hits the bar or actually just a terrible whiff. But then he comes back and scores one or two, and that's exactly what he did. Um, I think five minutes into the second half, he just curls a beauty um and after that it was just all southampton norwich looked just they looked dead they looked out they looked like they were not gonna come back i felt so bad for todd cantwell he came off the field and i was like dude they took i mean that that was in my opinion that game was the defining moment in their season where it's like now they're now they're gonna get relegated that's one team checked off for me where they're done there could be we know we know there's two more uh, we don't know who they are but I do think that uh, Norwich is going to be that that well, first team to go. Yeah, I'm not sure when exactly they took them off, but they took off their two best Pookie. players. Pookie, Pookie was and off Cantwell. in the 80th minute, and Cantwell was off in the 60th minute. So yes, they were down two zero or three zero at that point. I think that's bad managing. I think you should just keep them on. Yeah. Just because of the idea of that is keeping your best players on. Um, I mean, sure, they're not going to come back, but I, I could maybe understand taking Cantwell off because I don't think Cantwell is going to stay with them next season. But I don't think Pookie's leaving. I would say the other way around. You think Cantwell's going to stay? Maybe. I, I think Pookie's just too much of a. Like, he he's gonna he's a championship striker. 
Mm-hmm. He's too inconsistent in the Premier League to be a Premier League striker. Yeah. Um, Stuart Armstrong scored the second goal. He's been probably our most underrated player of the season. He's got about five or four goals, but all yeah. of them have been... Him or Janet Poe. Yeah, but all of them have been really um, crucial goals. Um, and then Nathan Redmond uh, used this... Uh, covid break to get back from his injury and he looked like probably like in his prime he had he, some phenomenal skills yeah his dribbling looked the best i've seen him in a while really and good. his goal was just class. pure class class uh left foot weak foot makes it three nil the game was already done by then uh but i think we'll use that momentum into the arsenal game uh this coming week I mean, if if Brighton can beat Arsenal, I don't see Southampton not being able to. Because as much as I love Brighton, I think that in a in a one v one looking at looking at the players that Brighton have versus Southampton and and the team sheet and the way that they play, the manager, I think Southampton edges out. And and with Arsenal having two games lost in their first uh, in their first two games of the restart. They they have no confidence at no. all. Like this was their this break was their time to reset. This was their time to go. Okay, now is when we can we can think about what we've done wrong throughout the season. This is when we're gonna we have the players. This is when we're gonna do better. And and they just didn't at all. They come back and they're even worse than before. Like I don't know how it happened, but they're so bad. Yep. And and they did not capitalize on the opportunity. To, to use this break to get better. I mean, during the season, it's understandable if you get in a rut to not be able to get out of it because you go from one game one week to a game the next week. And, and if you're a big club, you have Europa League and you have still FA Cup for everyone in England plus Carabao Cup. There's all these different different games you have to play on top of that with a game every week in the Premier League. You don't have time to think about how can I change the actual squad around to, to be better. You have to say, what minute changes can I make that will make a difference? But with three months, you have so much time to say how what's actually wrong at the root of this problem. And they didn't do that. Yep, and I mean, I can't blame Arteta because I think he is not the problem. I think it is just the players are just just really bad. And not they good need enough. they need a whole whole uh, a reset. Re- reset. But I think he I think he should have done better with planning. Because he knew he was going to play Man City, and he knew that was going to be a really hard game. And they just, I mean, part of it was they got, like, two injuries in the first, like, five minutes. But Well, and David Luiz was horrible. Yeah, I I don't think it's his fault, but at the same time, I think even the Brighton game, I mean, Brighton were in it for, like, the whole game I think yeah the whole game I mean even when Pepe scored I I put my head down for a second and I was like no it's fine we can we can come back from this Arsenal don't look good like the first 20 minutes Arsenal showed some really class football we didn't get in their half for more than a few seconds but uh, other than a few corners sorry about that um, (laughs) um but like after those 20 minutes when when Brighton got into the game it was totally even, even after the Pepe goal. It, nothing looked like Arsenal was a top team. It looked like we were playing Newcastle. It looked like we were yeah. playing Norwich. It wasn't It wasn't a game where I'd be like, this is an Arsenal game. A lot of people want to watch this game. It looked like a game that people don't want to watch. Yep. Um, 
And then just a little thing, uh, going to the Chelsea-Aston Villa game, uh, it was good to see Christian Pulisic coming back from his first game since January 1st, uh, bagging a goal. Yeah. And I think that's really promising, and I hope he keeps up that form. Yeah, I mean, uh, with young Americans that are not in the MLS that are overseas, it, it's looking more promising right now than it was looking a few months ago. Um, Pulisic in good form, uh, nice half volley uh, into the back of the net, winning with Chelsea. Um, and then uh, Holland, in an interview, was talking about Gio Reyna, and he said he's the American dream. He said he is he is class. He's a really good player. He is a talent that I've never seen before. And to have that coming from, like, probably the best up-and-coming striker in the world, yep. it means a lot to, to Gio Reyna and to American fans to say, we've got these two guys. One of them's a little older than the other, but they're both youngsters, and they're both going to really blossom in their career. And maybe in their decade, maybe in, in the ones that they're playing, they're, we're not going to win a World Cup or go to a go to a last date, but I think it's showing that it's better than 10 years ago, so maybe 10 years from now we won't have two, we're going to have four of those kind of players, and eventually we'll work our way up. And I think Weston McKennie, yeah. Tyler Adams, um, I think McKennie... McKennie's phenomenal. Does Adams captain Leipzig, or no? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he plays CDM and left back for him. But I think does McKenney I think McKenney has captain Schalke McKenney has captain them. He McKenney is a crucial he's an instrumental part of Schalke's midfield. Yes. And he scored a, really a couple yeah. goals since this restart. I think he scored like three. And he he individually brings a lot to that team where he he has all of the mentality, the aggression. And I think that's good for America too, because when he steps on the field for uh for the United States he brings exactly what he brings for Schalke. He brings that intensity, that aggression to always go for the ball, and that's what we need. Because you can win a game purely off of intensity, aggression, and and will for like winning the ball back. You don't have to have the top class players all the time. That's how upsets happen. So I think it's promising when you have a player like that who can like general your midfield to to have that instead of just some pretty technical players. Yeah, um, I think. We'll move on to our predictions. Yeah. All right, so looking back at our predictions last week, uh, we're going to see how correct we were um, and also how incorrect we were. <laughs> um, so Aston Villa-Sheffield, I predicted that Sheffield were going to win. Um, I think that's nope. not... Well, yeah, <laughs> I think that that's not a bad prediction for how everything went, but it... Uh, what went before the restart, but now definitely not. Yeah, Sheffield did not look up to par to their previous standards, so uh, got that one wrong. City Arsenal, I predicted a City win, completely right. Southampton Norwich predicted a Southampton win again, completely right. Tottenham Man U, I predicted a Manchester United win uh, with Anthony Martial scoring a few goals, so not right. But uh, Man United. <laughs> did tie. I think that that's an impressive result with Pogba not starting. Um, and then Leicester versus Watford. I think this was your prediction, yeah? I think you Maybe. Pre- yeah, you predicted a Leicester win. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, you predicted a Leicester win over Watford, um, which is understandable. Almost. Almost. Understandable. Chilwell with a phenomenal goal mm-hmm. into the top right corner. Um, but not quite, because right after that, who was it who scored the bike? 
No, I can't remember. Dawson. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but Craig Dawson. Craig Dawson. Yeah, Craig Dawson with a bicycle kick. Do you ever think we're gonna hear that? Nope. In your life. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then we got, um, Brighton Arsenal. Uh, I predicted a draw. Again, almost. I've been cheated twice here. Uh, obviously Brighton won as we talked about. Uh, and then West Ham Wolves. Wolves uh, left it late, but Adama Traore came on and just destroyed, stole the show. Uh, I think it's two nil. So I got that right, and then we got Bournemouth Palace. Um, I think I predicted that too, and that was two nil Palace win. That's what I predicted. Uh, Newcastle Sheffield. Uh, I predicted Sheffield to win that. Um, or that you was did. I think that was me. I think it was you. Um, that was horribly wrong. Alan St. Maxwell <laughs> went off. Yep. He was a beast. Uh, and then we got Villa Chelsea. Chelsea won after coming from behind. It looked in danger a little it bit did. there. Uh, and Correct then prediction. finally we got Liverpool Everton. I think you said. Yeah, I predicted a Liverpool win, but I predicted that Everton would give them a good run for their money. Not totally off. No. But that was a draw, so we'll keep track of, we'll keep kind of a score between us uh, starting next episode about who gets the most right predictions. Yeah, so we'll each do half of the coming uh, games in the Premier League until uh, all the way through Sunday. We'll each have half of them, and then we'll keep score. And we'll continue on through, uh, through the rest of the match weeks until the Prem is over. All right, so we're going to start by doing Man City Burnley, which is happening today. Uh, depending on when you hear this. A couple been, hours from us recording this. Yeah, depending on when you hear it. It could have been yesterday or the day before. Um, we're both going to do this one together because there's 13 games until uh, next Monday, so we need it to be even. So we have communally decided that Man City is going to win this one, but this doesn't count for a point no matter what. 12 nil. Yeah, 15-0. Yep. That's the prediction. Um, all right, I'll start on Tuesday. Leicester, Brighton. You know, it's a hard Yikes. one because... Actually, no, you should predict this one because it's Brighton. All right. Yeah. Then I say Leicester win. All right. <laughs> God. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> um, after that, we have Tottenham, West Ham. Tottenham are going to win that one. Absolutely no question. I would put yep. $100 on that. Not Ooh. a good idea to say on... Do you do want to? <laughs> <laughs> what, do you want to accept that? No. <laughs> oh, am I going? Yeah, All right. we'll switch. Um... Man U, Sheffield. Sheffield, uh, I don't know what's happening there, so I think I'll go Man U. Um, Pogba's back. Uh, Pogba, Bruno Fernandez link up for some goals. I think will look really nice. Maybe Rashford getting in there. Yeah, I think. and Ole Gunnar said in an interview, they asked him why Pogba wasn't starting. He was on the bench, and he said something along the lines of he... Uh, He's not quite ready yet, uh, but he said he's one of the best midfielders in the world, the best player on the team, he said, which I thought is a bold statement to make. Why would you say that if I know, you're the manager? I know. He literally said, best player on the team, one of the best players in the world. And he said he's slowly going to bring him back. He said, we have some big games coming up uh, in Europe, and so I think that it's a smart move by him, uh, bring him back after an injury slowly. Uh, 
and and I think he'll slowly get more minutes. I don't know if he's going to start in that game against Sheffield based on what Ole said, but I think he'll play an instrumental role later in the game. Um, after that, we have, on the same day, Newcastle, Aston Villa. I would actually say Aston Villa before the restart, but definitely Newcastle now. The way they looked this weekend was really, really class. Yep. Um, Norwich, Everton. Uh, I still feel for Norwich, uh, but I got to give... Everton, if Southampton won three now, you gotta expect Everton to do the same. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just feel for Norwich. Wolves, Bournemouth. No one likes Bournemouth, so it's gonna be Wolves. <laughs> uh, Liverpool, Crystal Palace. Uh, don't even have to say anything. Liverpool. You know, I know this is your prediction, so what I say doesn't matter. But I actually think Crystal Palace might win that one. No. Okay. Well, Everton. They tie. tie yeah. So now Liverpool are back. And they're like, we're not going to wait until the last couple games to win the title. We won't yeah, win it true. now. So. Next one is Burnley-Watford. This is hard. Have we seen Burnley play yet? We play have yet? not. Yeah, we, so we haven't seen Burnley play yet. We see them play later today against City, which is, they're not going to win. Um, like we said, 72-0. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that Watford are going to win that one. Coming off of a good game against Leicester. All right. Uh, oh, you got to predict. Uh, yes, I have to predict the next one. Um, I'm going to have to go with Southampton. Southampton better on paper than Brighton. Uh, Arsenal worse on paper than everyone in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to have to go with Southampton. How many have you done then? Because you have to go so two. So now I do two. Yeah, yeah. all right. Uh, Chelsea, Man City. <laughs> gonna be an interesting one yeah uh i'm probably gonna go man city just because i think pep will have this goal of going unbeaten in these last nine games yeah uh i think yeah i mean chelsea could i think it could go either way maybe a draw my final prediction will be a draw i think actually um, Bold statement. I know. Mason Mount with a few goals, Pulisic with a few goals, maybe? I think so. Yeah. Um, and then Aston Villa Wolves. Um, actually, maybe a draw there, too. I think Some interesting prediction. I think Aston Villa will park the bus because they are desperate for points. Yeah. Because um, they're only about a couple points off of the relegation zone. Um to get out of it, and I think they'll just go for a draw or anything. Um, and then you got Sunday. Yeah, I have Sunday. Sunday we have Watford-Southampton. Now, I would say Southampton, except I don't think that there's any team in the bottom half of the table that can keep up good form for a long period of time. And I do think Southampton's going to win their next game. So the game after that against Watford, I'm going to say Watford are going to win. Um, the problem is... At the same time, I predicted Watford to win two game or to draw against Leicester and then to win after that. So one of them is going to have to keep good form. Yeah. I actually might say a draw in this one. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. Fi- final decision, I'm going to say a draw. So the last three games, we're, we're predicting draws. Yes. <laughs> that would be weird if that happened. but It would be weird, but, I mean, class on grass. You heard it here. Yep. Um, all right. I think that's it. That's yeah. it. I uh, hope you guys have a great week. I hope you guys, like we said last time, get a chance to watch some of the Premier League games. Hopefully some of the predictions are right. And uh, we will see you again 
or uh, we will hopefully hear from you throughout the next week. Hopefully some of you send in a message. Thank you, Doc Ock. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Doc Ock, uh, for sending in your message. Hopefully some of you guys out there can, uh, can do the same, and uh, have a great week. Thank you.